Welcome to the Artipop podcast. As the founder of Artipop, I've always felt we live in a highly conventional era when it comes to motherhood. But also that change is near. Therefore, I created this podcast to give voice to different refreshing perspectives around motherhood and life in general. I've asked a journalist, Kaira van Wijk, to host this series for you. Let's use our feminine energy to shape the future. Great to have you here today. I'm your host, Kaira. Today we're talking to Brazil-born, California-based Mayara, a multifaceted healer and sacred sexuality expert. We talk about how to tap into higher states of creativity through sexual energy, generational wound healing and full body orgasms how rest can solve period cramps, and how knowing and cherishing your body is a gateway to deeply connect with yourself and others. We also touch on sex and intimacy after childbirth and how sexuality evolves through different life stages. Let's get started. Thank you for having me and yeah, it's great to be here and to share. And it's so nice to have you. So of course, my first question to you is, what is sacred sexuality? So sacred sexuality is the true nature of sex. In this current society, we are very disconnected from because sex, we, it can be a way of creating my physical pleasure, feeling physical pleasure. It can be a way of creating a life, you know, creating a baby, another human life, which is very powerful. And that's about what most of us know in this current society. But sexuality is also how we can create. There is no limit to what we can create with our sexual energy. We all have the masculine and feminine energy within us. So that's the source of our own creativity, our creative energy is that, that spark of creativity. When we have an idea, it's all through the sacred sexual energy, you know, it's really connected to creativity. We can tap into higher states of consciousness through sacred sexuality or tantric sex. It sounds like it's this very strong energy that you can wield. Yeah. Um, so how can you revive this sacred sexuality? I can imagine sexuality or sex isn't always sacred. So how to achieve that? With sacred sexuality relates to personal healing because we have to really become aware of our own blockages, our own traumas, and they are not only related with sexuality, but it will reflect in every area of our lives. And it will definitely reflect in our relationships, romantic relationships and our sexuality. So... I have an online course, and when I guide the students through my program, we start with personal healing, understanding what, what was the dynamics in our childhoods, with our family, in our society, what were the dynamics that we learned. Sometimes we can have a very traumatic experience, but sometimes it can be subtle dynamics. For example, things that we learned in society that was distorted or backwards or did not reflect you know, the highest truth or the highest good for us. Sometimes, for example, we were born in a society, like in Brazil, cheating is very common. We just see everywhere people cheating. And even here, right, the relationships, they're not going very well, romantic relationships. And we may learn that behavior. We may learn that men behaves in this way. This is what it is to be a man. And women behaves in that way. And that's how it is to be a woman. And we may think that that's reality and we may imitate that because that's what we learned. But when we tune into our hearts, it's not really who we are inside or what is best for us. So we start with this personal healing and, and then this awareness of what we are inside, connecting with our hearts and becoming more aware of our intuition, our wisdom. And through that, we tap into sacred sexuality. So, for example, we start healing our relationship dynamics so many of us had all kinds of issues in, in romantic relationships and friendships as well. But, you know, relationships that were maybe abusive or codependent or, you know, many of us have issues, for example, self-worth, all these kind of things. And then we end up in, being in relationships 
that will reflect that. And so we have to start becoming aware and doing all this journey of personal healing and self-love. So it's very much starts with intimacy with yourself, but the other with relationships before you can go to sacred sexuality, it seems. Yeah, exactly. And could you also explain how you found sacred sexuality? Because you said you started out with healing, healing tools, and then you found this. You felt very strongly that you needed to bring this to people. There are so many people nowadays talking about it, how we all have a purpose in life. And when I started learning it, I was, I remember, I was like, from my 16 just to my 18 years old, that's when I found out that we have a purpose in life. I started learning from reading books and from things that I was already into, like healing and energy. And then that turned out to be part of my purpose. As I started this journey of self-healing, you know, I'm very, I say, fortunate to say that I started early this journey. You know, healing you know, all my issues as a teenager that I had, you know, just in my personal life. I had like lack of self-love, lack of self-worth. I was in always like the worst kind of relationships, you know, the person that was always choosing the worst kind of guys, but that also reflected my own lack of self-worth, you know, as well. So, and, and also my sexual life, I was not happy. Like, and like how many, many women, I could not orgasm with a man, you know, and I had that, you know, took me like years to find out until I was like in my late 20s that I started being like, I, you know, something was wrong. I was like, I could not orgasm with a, with a, ma a man. I could by myself, you know, just self-pleasure and orgasm. And that's why I was like, something is wrong. Why I can't self-pleasure and orgasm in like one minute? But I can never orgasm with a partner, even if I love that person and I'm into the relationship. So I started diving into it, you know, and then I realized how many women have the same issue. What paradigm shift do you feel really needs to happen when we talk about sex and intimacy in our modern societies? I feel it really comes down to us connecting more, each one of us connecting more with our soul, with spirit, with source, whatever you want to call that, because it's really, it's not connected with religion. It's really connected with our divine nature. So I feel like the shift is us connecting more with our divine nature and connecting more with nature in general and reality, because we, most of us live in like such a small minds for example, we say the third dimension, right, reality, and we are so programmed to make money and have, and we see sex as just another way of pleasure. So we see food as pleasure and, or any kind of drugs or alcohol or any kind of thing that gives us a little buzz, a little pleasure. And then we just number ourselves with that to kind of try to cope with work and money and pay the bills. And, and that's all that most people are concerned about but uh, most people are not concerned with their soul and knowing that we are not here just to make money and pay our bills and maybe have kids and die that that is a soul evolution that we are in that's that's the whole point of life you know to evolve as a soul so the more we connect with that then the more the sexual aspect will become natural because more we're going to respect each other and not see each other as a piece of meat or an object for our pleasure or to satisfy our own needs. We start to we're going to start respecting more each other as males and females and souls, you know. So I feel like that's really a spiritual shift. <laughs> so what would be your number one message about sexuality? to any woman listening right now? First is really the message of honoring and loving ourselves, you know, to get to this place first, you know, and there is so much in society that teaches us to not value ourselves, to compare ourselves, that we're not good enough, that we're not pretty enough, that we need to change this and that about ourselves or accomplish this and that. But I would share for us women, you know, to just know, like to start really loving ourselves first before even trying to be getting relationships and thinking about boys or whatever, to especially young girls, right? To get to the place of knowing that we are divine, that we are, we are powerful, we are valuable, and to know almost like we are um, 
we had a prize, a prize. And for a man to, you know, win this prize, I would say, and I say that, of course, that, you know, women that identify more with the masculine energy, and that's okay as well. But I feel like it's really to connect more with the nature of feminine energy, you know, to let uh, the man or the masculine energy to... um, almost like to prove that they deserve us, that they deserve our body. And for that, we need to value ourselves, to not just give ourselves that easy, to not be trying to, you know, pursue a man and, and run after a man. No, you know, do like live our lives. Like as women, we need to live our lives. We need to build our own castle. We need to focus on our own growth. And if any man want to come into our lives, they need to show that, they deserve uh, being in our life, that they are going to bring good things to our lives. They're not going to bring us headache and pain. And so that we need to be more like emotionally independent and have more self-value. We go so fast, you know, nowadays in movies and TV, it's like everyone they meet and they're going to have sex right away and in real life as well. So it's like to go slow, to not just have sex, like, with people that you barely know because that that is causing consequences to our energy fields, to our mind, to our body. It's not just casual sex. It's never just casual. So that's going to bring consequences and and we are going to take on that person's energy. And many times it's not good energy. Wait to get to know the person, make sure that you really want their energy in your life. Yeah, be okay being alone and being single. And what's your take on womb healing in women? Like how do past sexual relationships influence her now? And how can we release negative uh, sexual relationships that we had before? Yeah, I feel like the main thing to understand, right, is about womb healing is that is is generational. So we have our own traumas, but we also have our mothers and grandmothers and great grandmothers and also the feminine collective. So it's a lot that we carry because we've been, you know, through as most of us, you know, we're aware that society we had favored, you know, men for so long and being so like patriarchal and women didn't have a voice, didn't have their own power for so long. So that we carry that is generational. And that goes back, even connect so well with what I was talking before, right? For us to find our own power and all of that connects with this healing, find our voice. And But now for the healing, there are many, many things, you know, the ways that we can go for healing. But I love to do a sexual energy cleanse. feel like that's very, very important. There are two ways, you know, that is a general sexual energy cleanse that I have on my YouTube channel. But on my YouTube channel, I have a video called How to Cleanse Your Aura from Your Sexual Pest or Your Energy from Your Sexual Pest. That is a general cleanse. And I say general that we cleanse from all the past sexual experiences. And it's all done through intention and visualization and intention. It's almost like, yeah, you are making this commitment and you take making this decision to let go of all the past energy to close the chapters to release all the energy to give back to the person you you know you end up taking in from take back your energy that you end up leaving around with others that is also a cord removal and that is a meditation i have on my website and i also guide people on my program there is a cord removal because now when we had like Longer relationships, people that we had, you know, sex with more often or we had a very, like, strong connection romantically, people that were have were more meaningful in our lives, we create energy cords with them. And then we need to remove those cords once that relationship is over, we know that the chapter is closed, especially if it was more like a toxic relationship, but even if it was not. If we know that, okay, I moved on, it was great, I learned what I need to learn, you know, thank, I wish you well, I love you, but we still needed to do this removal because we stay connected with that person afterwards. So we do the cord removals and we remove energy cords, the connection. We have those cords as well with family, like parents, but those we don't need to remove, but with partners is very important. 
And then other things like, you know, um, sometimes finding groups, right? Like women's circles. So many people are doing women's circles and just connecting with other women, share and connect more with like sisterhoods and it starts developing more bonds and you know, more connection, strong connections between females, finding females that we trust, that we can have like a sisterhood, you know, so we're not feeling so alone. And, and then all other kinds of healing as well, energy work, working with the moon is very important for us women, you know, with the moon cycles and learning with the full moon and new moon, doing like ceremonies and rituals. It helps us to heal because we have our moon cycles, right? Our menstrual cycles that are aligned as well with the moon cycles. So it helps us with that healing. Just by connecting with the moon, we start becoming aware how how aligned we are with the moon. And even when we think we are not, we still are. And another thing, because I know all my answers are huge, but <laughs> another thing too is about going our ovulation cycle how we can help us to work on our business projects or, you know, big projects in our home and important meetings and how we have more like energy during those cycles. And then, for example, in a menstrual cycle, we need to more like retract, go inwards, relax, don't try to make big plans, definitely avoid having big conversations with our partner, you know, wait, and because you may end up, you know, being too emotional and there is so much more that we can learn, you know, right after menstruation is like we are blossoming, time to plant seeds and time to, so there is so much that we can learn about it. And just for, as we learn it, we start healing. Like I healed my cramps. I had horrible cramps my entire life. And through doing this work that I'm sharing, now I have very gentle, you know, cycles that I rest, I listen to it, I relax. I lay in the couch, I watch movies, you know, and now I don't have the crazy cramps I had before. That was just torture before. So we can definitely heal. And when it comes to like the cramps, because I think a lot of women go through this, like how did that work for you? Because did you change your way of eating, meditation, or really just taking care of yourself? It took me a while to heal, but um, I meditate every day. And also my eating, so I'm plant-based, and but in general, it's not just about being plant-based or not, but, uh, you know, just I avoid all processed food, anything that is artificial, sugar, alcohol, all of that. So I have a very clean diet, and I notice that any time if I was having more, you know, just more fast foods, for example, if even plant-based, you know, if it was fast food or if I was having too much sweets, I would have definitely heavy cramps. So cleaning my diet helped me a lot. So I feel like all this healing, you know, the sexual energy, like cleansing all this past sexual energy, past sexual trauma, and, and also with the sexual energy transmutation, because like since I'm single now, so I focus on transmuting and channeling my sexual energy into my business, into my purpose. And, you know, so I don't have this like before, like just finding this random, you know, guys to be with. <laughs> so I, I'm okay with being single. I channel my energy and I cleanse from past, you know, relationships that were not good. And it was a journey of, it really took time and also energy work, like balancing my chakras that can be through meditation or with the help of a healer. So for a long time, I had to take painkillers and then I stopped taking painkillers. I was really afraid because I had bad experiences before in not taking painkillers and be like passing out. But then I stopped taking painkillers and I started sitting with the pain and many times it was very painful, but I noticed that the painkillers were making it worse because I was already so clean. And when I realized that my body was rejecting it, it was making my cramps worse, you know, it just kind of happened. And I stopped the painkillers. And now I just do like heat, heating pads and I rest. I don't try to work or work out or force myself to be active. I rest. I, I, even if I end up doing some work when I have brain for it, I do on the couch, but it's not much. Heating pads. And nowadays I don't even have the crazy cramps I had before. But it took me time and patience and building a lifestyle, right? Because if you have a nine to five job, you know, it will be harder right, to take the day off. But uh, if you can take the day off, you know, anyone listening will be really great, at least the first day or first two days. If you have kids, like meal prep, 
or that's when you may want to order a takeout, you know, so you don't have to be cooking or maybe you have your partner helping you. But the more you rest and just be with your body, that really, really helps because that's what everybody is asking, is asking us to rest. How can we use our sexual energy to manifest? And why is this energy so strong? You know, there are two ways, you know. So if you are single or if you are in a relationship, right, we can use that. So if we are single, we, we master our sexual instincts. So for example, before before I was aware of, of this, I... I would many times masturbate unconsciously. Like when I mean by that, like so many of us, like we just feel a little bit of sexual energy, we go masturbate. Or we go and masturbate like maybe often without even a reason for it, just because we want to feel good or because sometimes it can even become as well, like escape as well. You know, I'm gonna, I'm not feeling that good. I'm going to masturbate and I'm going to just have that pump of energy and so that, but that can be very unconscious. And now that we can not masturbate, you know, but it changes how we go about it, how often we do it, and our intention behind it, instead of being an unconscious habit, we become more consciously aware of it, especially of what we are thinking about. So we, we definitely like not masturbate like a lot. And when we choose to masturbate, when the energy is building, because we also need a release sometimes, we are very conscious of what we are thinking about at the moment, because with whatever we are thinking is amplified. So if you're masturbating, thinking about an ex or thinking about a porn movie scene, that's not the best way to use the energy. You know? So you may be, for example, if you want a relationship, you may be visualizing yourself in a, this loving, you know, fulfilling relationship. So then you can amplify the energy and bring it to your life. Or you may visualize yourself in the moment of an orgasm. You may visualize yourself, you know, living that beautiful life in this beautiful home or, you know, living your purpose and feeling abundance. Anything that you want to bring to your life when you masturbate becomes a ritual, you know, of like self-love as well and not shame. We become masters like that. And then instead of just being masturbating and throwing all the energy out, we start using the sexual energy because it's a charge, right? It's like an inner fire. Is that we can channel the energy into our business, into our purpose, into our goals in life. Meditation helps a lot. It's like any meditation that, will, like, you can visualize you're bringing this energy up your spine. So the energy that was like on our second chakra, right? That is in our sacrum, in our pelvis. Instead of just being there and then you go and masturbate and you have that kind of explosion and release, instead of that, you want to bring this energy up through meditation, through visualization, through breath work. You, br you bring this energy up. And that's what in tantric traditions and yoga we call kundalini rising. So you really bring in this energy up your spine and you want to bring this energy through the heart, but you really want to bring it up to your to your head, it's to stimulate your crown, your pituitary glands, your pineal glands, your third eye. So you bring the energy up and that's how you're gonna, and also help opens the hearts more. So that's how you're gonna start having more like divine inspiration. Now, if you are in a relationship, then both of you, you know, you and your partner, right, would have to be on the same page with the kind of sex you do and with sacred sexuality, the male has to become very aware of his ejaculation patterns because for the male to reach this level, he needs to learn that ejaculation and orgasms are not the same thing. And that's a journey for the male, you know, because he starts learning that because when male ejaculates, he's the same thing, you know, he's spilling the energy out and his energy is gone after that. Maybe he has a little more energy, but that's it. Many times before, as women had a chance to. Now when a male is aware, he starts learning to stay in the energy, bring this energy as well up his spine, and with the, the female, or with the partner, and they can start making love for like as long as they want, and eventually they start learning to have energy orgasms where he doesn't need to ejaculate. And then we can have multiple orgasms and these orgasms that are more, instead of us releasing the energy out, we are bringing this energy up 
and we are channeling this energy and circulating it through. So it's really like opening our chakras. And because we are opening our chakras <laughs> with the orgasmic energy, is what we call like a full body orgasm. That's a healing experience. And that's how we can also gain, you know, downloads, uh, receive, you know, inspiration, creativity, and just in general, even healing ourselves, right? Because we open our entire energy fields and it's a beautiful bounding experience because we are doing that together. And that's why we say we can reach higher states of consciousness. Because imagine you open your heart, you open your crown, you open your third eye, opening your throats, you know, and other than the lower chakras as well. So it becomes really like you reach, it's like, it's like having a psychedelic, you know, or something like that. How can we fuel our creativity and improve our well-being by being really aware of how we use our sexuality? So going back to what sexual energy is. So we all know that through sexual energy, we can create a life. We can create a baby because that, that is a creative energy. That's the essence of sexual energy is to create, is, is learning that we don't need to only use the energy to create a baby, to create a life or to create pleasure. We can channel this energy into our goals in life. And that's why there is a huge movement and in the male community that is called the NoFap and no FAP, which is non-masturbating and non-ejaculating. And there are movies like think, um, books, like Think and Grow Rich, for example, that he shares that one of his secrets is there, is non-masturbating and non-ejaculating for males, you know, because females, we don't have ejaculation, but we can go about the same idea. Uh, I believe even Albert Einstein uh, shared about semen retention and sexual energy transmutation. When you really look up into sexual energy transmutation, you'll find many, many successful, famous people that we would not imagine, and they all share that they use, you know, sexual energy transmutation. So instead of us feeling turned on, right, or feeling horny, and we go masturbate, we go watch porn, or we go make a booty call, instead of that, we can literally channel this energy into what we want to create in our lives. It's that simple. It may be your business projects. It may be channeling into writing or pensing. So instead of you going and just going for the release, you instead you use the fire. Just imagine if you're seeing the energy is like a fire. So you use the fire that is lit and you're like, how do I want to use it? And you can even use it for work, working out and physical exercise which is a great way to transmit energy when sexual energy, a lot of males especially, right, because they're so used to ejaculate all the time. So sometimes when they're doing that semen retention, sexual transmutation, instead of going and ejaculating, they go and they exercise because they have all this testosterone energy. But it's the same for us women. So we can, so we're just, just using, like funneling, you know, this energy in a different way in our lives. And, and then when we go about sex, like for example, for me, I, the only kind of sex I want to have is, is the sacred sex. And I say sacred sex because that's what we're doing. You know, it's not just about going there, having a quickie and ejaculating, you know, my partner and that's it. It's about making the sexual experience like a, a meditation experience to help us heal and evolve. And that will be through, like, we have to be very aware of our breaths, of our energy, is a sex that is much more connected. And we are aware of energies, like we are meditating and moving together through sex. And we are just feeling the energy, bringing this energy up and up and up our spine. And we are amplifying, like expanding our energy field. So it's like when you meditate, it's just like consciously expanding your energy fields. And the orgasm is the peak, you know, it's the blissful moments. But in this case, you can stay in the orgasmic energy for a very long time. And you can channel with your partner, almost like looping it with your partner, because now the male has to learn that he doesn't have to ejaculate and release. He can sustain that. And when we sustain the energy, we can stay. I remember one experience that I had that I don't even know how long I was in this orgasmic energy. I know it was hours because I lost track of time, but it was hours. And I also remember once having a heart orgasm without even any having any penetration, you know, and, and I was just sitting on top of my partner at the time. 
and I was breathing because the breath is very important. I've been very conscious of the breath, like if you're meditating. And I was just breathing and just kind of rocking my body back and forth. And our connection was so beautiful and strong. And, and he started singing and humming. And I started feeling the sexual energy coming up and up. But I, And I just kind of started, kept going with it. I wanted to stop for a moment. And I was like, is, this, is he going to think it's weird? Is this weird? But uh, he was enjoying it. So I was like, okay, let me just keep going. And I just felt the energy coming up and up. And then it exploded in my chest. You know, so, and as it exploded in my chest, it was like with tears, but it was beautiful tears. And any person that had a heart orgasm, they say, it usually comes with tears, but you have this moment of opening your heart, you know, to the highest capacity. <laughs> so there is just so much to it. That's mind blowing, like a heart orgasm. What does it do to a woman's health, like our physical body? When we are in that place, we are in such a place of self-love and self honor and being so connected you know that it's just all, all aspects of our life it just reflects you know in health but for example physical health when we talk about our energy body our physical body is just the most dense the most solid parts of who we are but our energy fields it extends beyond our physical body And that's why when we look at pictures of energy fields, either a drawing or that are even some machines now that take pictures and you can see kind of the, the, the haze, if I believe the haze, the name of color around us, that is our energy fields, right? Expands beyond our physical body. And then in our energy fields, we also have energy vortexes that we call chakras. We have the main energy vortexes. And what they do is they're bringing energy from the universe into certain areas of our body. They're bringing this life force or prana and they're nurturing it. It's almost like each chakra is responsible to nurturing certain area with life force energy. So there are the chakras that would be nurturing the brain. There's other chakras who nurture the heart. The other ones that is nurturing the pelvis and the wombs and the sexual organs and the stomach. So each area of our body has a main vortex. There is a chakra that is through bringing energy and like exchanging energy with the universe. So now we, they also have um, a psychological aspect to it, you know, a psychological aspect. For example, the second chakra, the sacral, the aspect is creativity and is also sexual energy. The first chakra, that is the roots, the aspect is feeling grounded, feeling safe, um, you know, and all of that. And so if someone has a panic attack, a lot of anxiety, they have their first chakra out of balance. And that can also be connected to a physical imbalance, to a physical illness. So like if I have an imbalance on my second chakra, I can maybe have already or will develop some issue in some of these areas, maybe my womb, like when my stomach I had when I was starting my journey, I had my balances on my third chakra, that is my stomach chakra, and I had gastritis, you know, but I was also very anxious and, you know, and I had gastritis. So now I, I healed that as with doing this work. So now with sacred sexuality, we are opening our, our energy, our chakras, and we are balancing it, you know, and we are like flushing it with this prana life force energy. So we can bring health in all kinds of ways that are like even indescribable because it would be different for each person, but it can help. It can help our healing and it can also of diseases that we have, but it can also prevent things that we would have if we didn't heal the imbalance that we have already. You know, because for example, with my stomach, right, I was very anxious. I had a lot of anxiety and I developed gastritis. If I didn't take care Most likely, I would eventually have an ulcer or a cancer, you know, but then I, I was able to reverse that. So that's how it is. We either go down or we go up. So with sacred sexuality is a healing experience because we are opening all of our chakras. We are nurturing it with energy. And so we can help us balance many things, even in our psyche, in our, like, you know, Yeah, for example, someone that was betrayed a lot, they may have their heart chakra closed off now and they're scared to love and open their hearts because they don't want to be betrayed. So as they start opening their hearts, they start trusting more. 
you know, and they start opening up to love again. Or they can also have heart issues and heart problem if they don't take care of it. <laughs> it also makes me think of this book. It's called The Body Keeps the Score about how trauma is stored in the body. But it can also be opposite. Energy is also stored in your body and it can come out one way or the other. And our energy is part of us. It's not like our, my energy is out here, my body is here, my energy is part of my body. And then my thoughts and my emotions are also part of who I am and it's part of my energy fields. So like my thoughts and my emotions, they are floating here, you know, in my energy fields and they are there with me in my, in my energy fields and all that I am. So when we have traumas, it creates, this is like heavier energy, dense energies, and they create blockages. You know, if it was like a sexual trauma, you know, if we had sexual trauma, we have, we probably have imbalances in our sacral chakra. That is our second chakra, you know, and, and we have, because we have this dense, heavy energy from the trauma that was not cleansed and removed out of there. Or like, again, heartbreaks and betrayals, they can be stored in the heart or anywhere, like anxiety and anger and all of that in the stomach. People that are overthink and people that are like, they can have imbalance in their third eye, you know, chakra that they're overthinking or their crown. So there's so much people that cannot really speak their voice or they had traumas with not being able to express themselves. They can have throat chakra blockages, but they can also have issues, for example, in the thyroids, in their throats, in their neck. <laughs> so it's all connected. So traumas, yeah, they will stay stored in the body. In yoga, many times when people are doing yoga, oftentimes people share that they have like emotional releases. Sometimes that they start crying while they are opening certain area of their body. Because now they release the block, you know, so many times in the hips and hearts, we hold a lot. So when they're doing like a heart opener or a hip opener and they stay there for long, they may start feeling like flashes of emotions. They may start crying, you know, <laughs> because it's all connecting. And many people also have sexual inhibitions, like there, there might be shame involved. How do you advise in particular women to break free of that and to release that sexual power? It's a journey, right? It's like re-educating ourselves. And usually the shame and the trauma came from maybe like having very, maybe a religion that was very closed off about it. Maybe it was parents that were teaching us that this is bad and this is wrong. And this is, so we had all these belief systems about it. So we have to challenge these belief systems, and it starts like finding new healthier belief systems and to like start, for example, reading books of sexual empowerment or watching right, like some channels or people that are teaching women female empowerment, that are even women that are working specifically with women and to start like deprogramming from the old belief systems and it starts learning, it's like learning new things. And we start connecting with more like the power of being a woman, right? That you can bring life to the words, that how it's okay to be sexual, to be sexual and to be sensual and to be sexy. It's a journey of relearning. And there are things like dance, you know, sensual dance really helps. Sometimes you can do like, I've taken classes that were just for women and they were like sensual dance. Like I've done a, a pole dance classes or chair dance and it's all for women. So you can really just free yourself and you can wear a tiny little shorts. Nobody's looking. You can wear your bra. Nobody's looking. I've done like dancing high heels and it all helps us to kind of find the empowerment and be okay with being sexy and being sensual and own that. And you also talked about female orgasms before, which I find really interesting. And you posted around 80% of women don't orgasm. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important to change this? And do you have any tips to do so? Most of the time is we don't talk about it, right? Like even females talking to girlfriends. I remember myself, I was not talking to my friends about, oh, I orgasm or I never orgasm. And a lot of women, we don't talk about it. And even when we do therapy, Sometimes therapy, we talk about traumas and this and that, but we are not really talking about sexuality. It's such a taboo topic. People that have done studies and learned that most women 
can never orgasm having penetration, you know, having sex with their partners. And in this number, like some of these women can orgasm while they masturbate by themselves, but not with their partner. And some women, they never even orgasm. They don't even know how to masturbate. That I had women asking me, they don't know how to masturbate and how to make themselves orgasm. So, so yeah, imagine is is like a big part of who we are, right? That is blocked. And that goes, to, I feel like it's part of the womb healing that I was talking about and the generational trauma. And if we see like women have suffered for generations and generations, traumas of being, just being like a nothing, you know, many times women, they had to be with a man because of survival, because they could not work. They had to have a man that they, then they would have, they didn't have a voice. They just had to do what the man wanted. If the man wanted sex, they would have to be ready for it. And it's not about them, their enjoyment. They would have to be ready because that's their obligation and duty as a wife. Many times the men, they were also having, you know, who cares and this and that, and they couldn't say anything because otherwise they would do a, be, be homeless, you know. So this go back and sexual trauma, you know, like sexual abuse. So, so this is part of all of it. I feel that we have been caring for ages and ages. So all of these that I was talking about is how we heal, you know, um, connecting with our moon cycles, our menstruation and the moon cycles, uh, connecting with other women, you know, going to women's circles, even if it's online, you know, doing women's circles, uh, look around. I know like a sacred sister's, Sacred Sister Circle, they do online work and they're beautiful. They do personal as well, Sacred Sister Circle. They work with women empowerments like that and dancing. Dancing is just a beautiful way for us to connect with our sensuality and sexuality because it's all about opening up this energy. My sexuality was mostly about performing for my partner, making sure that they are happy so they would not leave me or find somebody else or cheat or whatever. I wanted to make sure that they were good. And I didn't realize that I was not connecting with my own pleasure, what I wanted, you know, and a big issue many women have, and I certainly had, it was like, I was, I didn't, I didn't have a voice. I didn't know how to say, oh, I like this. I want this. I don't want this, especially in sex. You know, I was not able to say what I want or what I don't, what I like, what I don't like, because I was always concerned if I would hurt their feelings or or I was just not even thinking about it, you know, just thinking about doing what they wanted, even to the point of doing things that I was not enjoying. As women, we have to learn. I would never tell my partners that I was not orgasming. And I end up always mostly finding partners that they wouldn't even ask as well. You know, So I would just like quiet. But, and it's hard because if you are in a relationship and you never told your partner that you don't orgasm, and if you want to talk about it now, like we have to really know how to talk because, you know, men, you know, they have, we all have our ego, but a man and sex, like they want to feel that they are the best. And that's, we're, we're doing a disservice when we are pretending that we are really loving it. But if we are not, you know, really like, so we have to be honest, but know how to talk about. So what I share with women, if you have a partner and even if you enjoy sex, but if you just want to learn my right, sacred sexuality, if you know that that is more, that's how I share. I tell women to make it more like an invitation instead of a complaint. You know, you can share like something like, oh, I really love, you know, you and I love making love with you and it's so wonderful. And and I know that I've been learning new things and I know that that is, we've been experiencing this, but that is just so much more that we can experience. And what we experience, I feel that is already so good. And that is more to it. So imagine like this being even better. Like that's really exciting. That's really interesting. I'm really like turned on by it and really curious about it. You know, almost like make an invitation instead of making him think he's not good enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. Better make that invitation. So it starts with really cherishing the relationship with yourself and with the other person, opening up the conversation. Yeah. Being very honest, but knowing how to talk and not be complaining and like whining, but uh, but just empowered and honest, confidence. 
and then work on ourselves, right? All these things like dance helps so much with confidence, not be thinking about as much as like how we look, because with women, we have so much of that. Sometimes not the body, almost like body shame. How do you feel we can teach our children to tap into their sexuality in a conscious way that like benefits all genders? I feel like the biggest way is being an example first in how we act and how we behave and how we dress and everything, just being an example, but then also having conversations and not thinking that kids is like the almost like subhuman, you know, that they're very smart. So we can have like conversations and and show different kind of things, depending on their age, right? But when we see, for example, some pop stars, you know, half naked on the stage, doing sexual moves, and these things are just open for anyone to see. It's, no, it's not restricted. So if you get to see, for example, that your kids is looking at something like that, you know, you can, depend on their age, we start bring up a conversation and really being honest as much as we can about sex and having those conversations that most of the times parents don't have. Maybe having healthy examples that you can share, like of different kinds of women and men behaving a certain way. You can show them like a different person, you know, that goes about their life in a different way. And you can kind of let them see the difference and you can kind of talk about the consequences a bit, you know. I can imagine you also work with mothers. What are your thoughts on sex after childbirth? Yeah, I do have a lot of, you know, mothers, you know, fathers, like couples that are my clients, you know, just because you have kids and just because you're married for like 10 years doesn't mean that your sexual life has to suffer because like it's very important, like with the non-ejaculation, not ejaculating all the time. It's okay to ejaculate sometimes. It's nothing wrong. It's great. It's beautiful. But uh, just learning that, it will bring you and your partner like so much closer to each other when you can have this powerful, like, you know, reality shaking, like sexual experiences with your partner. And the issue with the sexuality, even for people that don't have babies, is that the sex becomes more like robotic kind of thing, that we always do the same way, that we didn't put much thought into it, that like many times, like people don't have intimacy. So the main thing that I always share my, with my clients is like to have moments of intimacy with your partner, to make it a priority, regardless if you're busy with work and if you have kids. So my whole point with that is like making the time to have this quality time and this undivided attention and this intimacy time. You can put in your schedule, in your calendar if you need to, but it has to happen, you know, at least once a week. It doesn't mean that you have sex. But it means there will be two of you that you will talk, you will massage each other, or you will cuddle, or we will go, you know, on a date. But it's just you, and it needs that. Because if you have the intimacy, then, you, the in, then you're going to have desire to have sex. <laughs> and then also to maintain the fire, like, and that's for both. Like, to keep flirting, to send sweet messages, you know, to kiss in random times, to pass by your partner and say how good they look how sexy they look or how much you appreciate them. And don't forget those things. No matter if you're together for 10 years, you know, always keep boosting like their ego, you know, and their self-esteem. And we need that. Send a sweet message in the middle of the day. Say, you know, I love you. You're so beautiful. You so appreciate you in my life. The simple things. (laughs) And how important do you feel personally is conscious sacred sex when conceiving a baby? It changes everything when you like consciously choosing, you know, to have a child and you are preparing. I remember this teacher of mine, she said she knew, you know, when they decided to have a baby and then she felt right away when they had sex that the baby was coming. And then also we do like conscious pregnancy process, right? There are so many women now teaching more like natural ways and having like doulas and midwives. That's so beautiful. That helps us, you know, to connect more with the natural ways. I'm also really curious, like how does sexual energy in a woman usually grow and change during different ages and stages of her life? If we go on this journey of self-healing and then healing all our traumas and blockages and all the shame and guilt or misconceptions, self-love, self-honor, and then we are also in a relationship that is reflecting that, right? We are in an aligned relationship a relationship where we feel fulfilled. I don't feel like that it has that it changes much 
that maybe even increases. When we enjoy sex, when we feel pleasure in it, why would we not want to do it? You know, why not? And the thing as well with males and ejaculation, when they're, the, more, the less they ejaculate, actually the, the, the more they can keep their libido and testosterone even as they get older. Because um, males, they have pretty much like females, we have certain, like we have our eggs, right? And then we get to menopause when all the eggs were used. But with males, they have a similar process with se- with semen, with sperm. They they have like a, there is only so much sperm that their body can produce. And as they get older, they they have less, less, less. So now, if they do semen retention, they keep like their longevity, you know, and they can be much like you know mature, and they still have like a high libido and have you know strong erections. The last question that I have for you, if we really look into the future, what would you hope will change about the state of our sexual well-being in today's society moving into the future? It's almost like a bifurcation where some people are choosing to go like to maybe like a darker, lower timeline and some people are choosing to evolve. And the, the ones of us that are choosing to evolve and live in more harmony with ourselves and nature and we are the ones that we start creating more of it. So, for example, I feel like it's a collective of evolution. Like they're aware, you know, we live more in touch with our divine self, right? Our soul. We are more aware of our purpose, the meaning of life, and all of this. And we are more connected with nature, like living more like as one and having as well things. Like evolution, as far as I still can have technology and all those things, but in a way that is more in balance with nature. And then in sexuality and relationships, we're just like first as we heal ourselves, we heal as well the the younger generations because we can heal our kids and we can have kids and not pass on so much trauma to them. So it's just a natural process as we heal ourselves. We heal the kids that we already have. We don't give that much trauma to the kids that we will have, and they're not gonna need to. They're not gonna need to have all these issues that we had, you know. So there will be more respect and more like a natural sexuality, you know, organic, where we connect more with our hearts. And I feel like that's where we need to get to, being more heart centered and letting our hearts guide us more. So that's what I I see and kind of want to bring into reality. (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much for your time. A lot of information, definitely a lot of new insights. So love talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having a listen. If you'd like to be notified when a new episode is up, please hit subscribe. And also feel free to leave a comment. We're very happy with any feedback. Have a beautiful day and until next time.